for it rather than try to kick the long field goal. And Cousins looking for the long touchdown. And he gets a touchdown to Aldrick Robinson. You are now listening to the Jetstream, the official New York Jets podcast of Gotham Sports Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Jetstream, the official New York Jets podcast of Gotham Sports Network. My name is Andrew Claudio. Week 8, uh, the New York Jets fell to the, well, I guess in week 7, the New York Jets fell to the Minnesota Vikings 37-17. This is week 8, an episode where we're going to preview the game against the Chicago Bears. Joining me for this episode, welcome back, it's Jesse Finder. Jesse, how you doing, buddy? I'm, I'm great, man. How we doing today? Is it? completely effing cold in Mississippi right now. No, it's like, it was to like the point where it's annoying here in New York now. I, I wore shorts today. I hate you. Oh my God. <laughs> that, Oh, there's like, there's like three things you could have said today that would make me hate you. And that's one of them, Jesse. Wow. It's getting, it's, it's getting chilly. It's getting into the sixties though. So At look, night it's, it's into the fifties. It was like 35 degrees when I woke up this morning. I'm not ah! even kidding. Like, See your breath. Needed to warm my car for 20 minutes. Let's talk about this football team because now I'm really mad. And that's <laughs> perfect segue because this team made me really mad on Sunday. Uh, shooting themselves in the foot. A 37-17 loss. Uh, outscored 27-10 to in the second half. Um, Jesse, we're going to try something new. And I'm going to list five reasons why they lost. And you tell me either in order or just pick one of what is the biggest reason they lost. All right, you ready? Okay, yeah. You have option A is the quarterback. Sam Darnold with four turnovers, easily his worst game as a professional athlete uh, in the NFL of his career, of his young career. Uh, three interceptions, one fumble, all three in the second half. The last one really wasn't his fault, but the first two absolutely was. Um, so Sam Darnold is option A. Option B, the Jets were two for 13 on third down, and a couple of those third downs were convertible and were drop passes. Like, there's actually one really good uh, uh, move by Darnold where he used incredible footwork to get free and threw to Eric Tomlinson for easy yep. first down, and it was dropped. It did lead to a Jason Myers field goal, but who knows how far that drive could have gone if he actually just catches the football. So, yeah. Their third down efficiency, which has been terrible all season, is option B. Option C. Uh, early in the game, Kirk Cousins was tackled what looked like in the end zone for a safety. But the refs ruled it as in the grass or forward progress or whatever I think the official ruling was. For some forward reason, progress. Well, okay, so you're forward progress, which I call BS. I actually thought he was literally tackled in the end zone like every other player has ever done that yeah. when you fall down and your body is and like the whole body is in the end zone it looks like you're in the end zone um and it was not challengeable or because it was a judgment play they would have lost anyway so bulls didn't uh, i'm not saying that you can really point to that those two points early in the game but who knows what that does to the momentum if the jets like we've seen it in the past couple of weeks 
Game against Denver. They're losing. All of a sudden, oh, 77 yards. Momentum snouts <laughs> in the Jets. Uh, we're now going to say the Jets are going to win this game. But that was an early point in game. The Jets not getting that safety, which would have been two points in the ball. Um, that's option C, Jesse. Okay. Option D. Uh, the third quarter drop passes, which I just mentioned. Uh, on that drive with the Jason Myers field goal, it was also an Isaiah Crowell drop pass, which the guy after the game said, no big deal. Everybody drops passes. It's okay. Like, I, I get it. He's right at the end of the day. This is sports, and that's, like, just his job. And, like, everybody has a bad day at work. I'll get to have a better day tomorrow. Just lie to me. Like, I'm devastated. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> Robbie Anderson, after the game, takes full ownership for throwing the ball at the referee. Like, look, I was pissed. We had a terrible game. We should have won. I'm, like, I'm not the biggest Robbie Anderson fan, but at the same time, I appreciate his honesty and his candor after the game that he actually was bothered by the fact he lost a football game and didn't give me the perspective of, it's just a football game, guys. <laughs> At the end of the day, we're all here just to have fun and and, and distract ourselves from everyday life. All right, Isaiah Crowell, be a little more upset. It's all I'm asking for. Uh, and last but not least, um, in the worst season I think I've ever had professionally as a fantasy football player, uh, I was stuck with Aaron Rodgers on a bye this week and started our beloved quarterback and team same darn old Jets got screwed because his quarterback only had five points. Uh, I've had the, I, I mean, I could go into detail, but there's nothing less interesting than somebody else's fantasy team. I've had three losses by less than a point. Jesse, I've lost by 0. 0.5, 0. 0.7 and 0. 0.3 this year. The 0. 0.3 was because of a Todd Gurley, uh, some Monday night football game. Like all three games were because of Monday night football. You should you should submit some stories to Fantasy Follies. Yes, and uh, well, Fantasy Football Nightmares, indeed. Yeah. In fact, all three of those stories. The I think the very worst one was the I was at a wedding and too hungover the next morning to like I woke up at one fifteen because yeah. I was out till way late on Sunday, Saturday slash Sunday, and when I woke up, um. I, it was too late to set my lineup, and I had Chris Johnson starting at my flex on the week he was out over Albert Wilson, who had 35 points against the Bears, and I lost. Like, <laughs> I, I couldn't even look at the app, Jesse. It was one of those, like, <laughs> I can't log into this. Like, there's nothing but anxiety if I even how check about, the score. How about waking up too late to realize that Melvin Gordon was ruled out in London? Oh, that, okay. That's pretty bad. <laughs> Okay, submit your stories. If you have bad ones, to Fantasy Football Nightmares, to GothamSN.com. Jesse, what's your reasons? So I think it's a combination of two of these and then another one that you didn't mention. Um, Sam Darnold was really bad. There's no denying that. Obviously, he still showed a little bit. Some of his some flashes, he always does. He always makes some nice throws. There was one that was dropped, I believe, by uh, Leggett early in the game on a wheel route. It looked like down the right sideline. Perfect throw, perfect pass. Um, those are encouraging, but obviously the turnovers. Uh, one was tipped. Two were really bad, and then the fumble obviously was not good. So that was definitely an. Uh, a, he was a major reason why the Jets were ineffective especially because he threw 40, 42 times as well. You know, when that happens, you have to be more accurate and you have to make better throws, and he didn't do that. Uh, the two for 13 on third down, that's really bad. 
Uh, it, there's two things you can't do if you want to win a football game. You can't turn the ball over, and, and you, you can't be bad on third down. Um, two for 13 is unacceptable. Um, but, I mean, it makes sense when Sam Darnold is 17 for 42 with three hmm. with four turnovers, you know? So, I mean, that makes sense. Um, I don't think Kirk Cousins' safety, not being called a safety, that would have given the Jets some momentum. But I think ultimately, and my third reason, this comes into my third reason, the Jets were missing. They were, they were very banged up. They are missing a lot of guys. Right. You know, Buster Screen out, uh, who I hate, but still that's an up <laughs> over Perry Nickerson it's been so far. Uh, Tremaine Johnson being out, Quincy Nunwa being out. Tremaine Johnson and Quincy Nunwa, be, Nunwa uh, being the mo- – and, and also Terrell Pryor as well being cut because of a groin injury. Um, missing those guys, guys that are the, a rookie quarterback and Sam Darnold created a rapport with over the, over the summer and, and has a connection with instead of Sharone Peak and I don't even know if Chad Hansen's on the team anymore. He may be a practice <laughs> squad guy, but like guys like that. Yeah. You know, when you're throwing to those guys, and Robbie Anderson needs Quincy Nunwa, so he wasn't really that effective. Um, it's going to be really t- a really tough day, especially when you're a rookie quarterback. So I think the combination of injuries, uh, uh, injuries really affected this team negatively. Uh, it hurt Sam Darnold's efficiency that he didn't have a safety blanket in Quincy Nunwa, uh, and and Terrell Pryor has been coming on the past two weeks. And then the third down, it was just a disaster uh, for the Jets and something that, as Rex Ryan would say, well, you bury the tape on that one. You mentioned the injuries to this football team. Bilal Powell, obviously the big one that's coming over the last couple of days. Yes. Uh, surgery on a bulging, de- bulging disc in his neck, uh, potentially career-ending, which stinks. Like we had Mike on last week. Pretty much the sh- most shocking information we've heard on this show is that his favorite player of all time with the Jets is Bilal Powell. And I had to really put two and two together that if you've been a Jets fan pretty much this decade, Bilal Powell is like the guy. He is the longest tenured Jet and yep. uh, the end of an era. But the biggest thing is that now it's really just like Elijah McGuire now that he's back and Isaiah Crowell, like that's their depth right now at running so, back. So real quick on Powell. Um, He's a guy who never got enough carries Easily. ever throughout his career. Absolutely. Um, you know, it, him and Anunua are two guys that Jets fans have been clamoring for to just get more targets and more carries throughout their years, uh, their years as a Jets. And it's just really sad uh, knowing that we may have watched Bilal Powell's last game, not just in a Jets uniform, but an NFL uniform. Uh, I, I did see today that Todd Bull said that they're – uh, really worried about this and that it's more dangerous uh, than what Quincy Nunwa went through last year. Uh, and they had the exact same injury. So uh, it's not looking good for Bilal. Uh, and that's a humongous loss for the Jets. Like you said, it's going to be up to Elijah McGuire and Isaiah Crowell. Isaiah, uh, Elijah, when he comes back, uh, I don't know if he's healthy yet. Uh, Crowell and then Trenton Cannon, the rookie. Um, they're going to need... Cannon while McGuire's still out uh, to really step up. You know, he's he's a relatively similar style of a runner to Powell uh, and and running back to Powell where he can catch passes out of the backfield. They're shifty um, and and can make guys miss and they have really good straight line speed. Uh, but obviously, the guy doesn't have the nine years of NFL experience that Bilal Powell does. Uh, nine years in this organization and. 
man, it's just it just sucks. It stinks, yeah. It sucks. It's like, oh, like he was, he was the guy for thick and thin every team that the that since since the AFC Championship runs, he's been the guy. Yeah, that that's the tenure of Bilal Powell, which uh, you know, once a jet, always a jet. We. And I'm like, I can't even put like my sensibilities on this and how I'm going to miss him for my football team. The guy's career might be over. I'm actually, yeah. it's one of those, wow, football happened. I'm actually going to put what my desires are aside for a second. I just hope he comes hope out he's of the okay. surgery successful, you know? Um, yeah, absolutely. I'll worry about our depth later. But as far as the depth is concerned, uh, they did go out and sign Richard Matthews uh, who wanted out of Tennessee to there's another wide receiver in the mix while yeah you know while Enuma gets healthy two years ago I think he had like 80 something catches for 900 something yards yeah. so Still last year Last year he had like 60 for eight or like 700 or something like that so he's still a productive receiver who left Tennessee because he wasn't getting enough targets and uh, with the receivers that the Jets are employing right now uh, <laughs> that are healthy, I think he'll get plenty of targets. I so agree. I agree. Um, Buster Screen and Tremaine Johnson. Uh, excuse me. Buster Screen and Marcus May returned to practice on a limited basis today. Uh, that's a huge getting. And I forgot to mention Marcus May, who honestly I should have mentioned first because I think he's the best player that the Jets are missing right now. Yeah. Um, it was it was really apparent. Uh, Especially in the in, in the short yardage situations uh, with Latavius Murray, uh, you, the Jets need him back there. I think Daryl Roberts got hurt um, as well. I'm not a, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I, I think no, it's the um, who's the uh, it's not Rontez Miles, but Rontez, yeah, it's Rontez Miles got hurt. He hurt his knee. Is that who it was? Because there's another safety that got hurt for the Jets also, other than Marcus May. So. Uh, not exactly, uh, <laughs> not great, but uh, no, they're banged think, up. Like you nailed it, they're yeah, banged up. They're bang. They're definitely banged up. Yeah, Rontez Miles. Oh, he returned to practice. That's what it is. Gotcha. Um, as far as the Vikings go, because yeah. I know I I tried to spin zone it into the Jets have a chance, and then ultimately picked the picked the Vikings. I did pick the Jets to cover, which after the first half actually liked my chances, and then the Vikings erupted for 27 points in the second half it helps when you give them three turnovers but oh yeah how, how good do you think the vikings are like if i asked you like power rankings right now how many teams are you putting ahead of them power rankings right now so it's like the rams the patriots the chiefs and then where do the vikings fall the rams the patriots the chiefs the saints uh the are the chargers better than them Based on what you've seen, like we actually had to watch the Jets play against the Vikings, so um, it's a little personal for us. But if you put the yeah, Chargers think, ahead of them, I, I think the Vikings are better than the Chargers. Okay, uh, and I think I think this is a really good football team that's getting healthier as the year goes on. Um, obviously, losing Xavier Rhodes for one or two weeks is going to hurt. Um, he hurt his ankle uh, when Robbie when he collided with Robbie Anderson, but I think that. Everson Griffin, not I think, I know Everson Griffin's coming back soon, and he is the, him and Harrison Smith are the quarterbacks of that defense. Uh, they they go as those two go. Um, 
it's been noticeable how much worse Anthony Barr looks without Everson Griffin in there. Um, so I think that once they get him back, this defense is going to become dominant once again, and we'll probably see them either in the NFC Championship. Uh, at, we'll probably see them in the NFC Championship because I don't think anybody's beating the Rams this year. I agree. Um, it's either them or the Saints against the Rams in the AFC yeah. Championship. I they're my preseason pick to win the Super Bowl. Honestly, it's it's a little bit to do with the fact that. And look, you can't quantify this, so I don't know how much it matters. And they should have lost last year, but they actually have a home field advantage. You know, I I don't yeah. know on the road in LA if they're going to be afraid. It's obviously probably going to be a more of a Vikings crowd in the Coliseum when they go into the, if they make it to the championship game. I'd put the Vikings up there with the Saints, the Raiders. You know, like the Patriots, like those home those home crowds oh, are yeah the Chiefs out of, out of control. The Chiefs, the Chiefs and the Seahawks out of control, which is tough because as a Jets fan, we don't have that. You know, no, it's not really even close like to that. MetLife Stadium. It's never more than seventy percent of the team that you're rooting for. Like it's always going to have at least thirty percent of the opposing team because it's just a really nice stadium. That a lot of it's people whoa, whoa, whoa. go to travel to. It's a really nice stadium. Is a bold statement. I I don't I like MetLife. I think as a I stadium, I hate MetLife. Oh, I just think it's like a neutral field. That that's always been my biggest complaint about MetLife. It's that it's a neutral field. Well, it also being in New York, you're gonna get a, you're gonna get people traveling to the game a lot. People right. go to New York. It's know? the Simple problem with-, with LA right now. Is whatever oh, yeah. stadium they build, it's the perfect destination game. You know, it's a it's a it's a bit. Well, no, Vegas will be the perfect destination. Oh, that's game. gonna be a. Ten times worse. Although yeah. what the, the the Golden Knights did this year, I wonder if just our outsider perspective of Nevada is that all of Las Vegas is that one street. <laughs> you know that no, one I have, strip. I went to I went to college with a kid from Las Vegas. Okay, well, and so is know, there an actual like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a I mean, okay. There's a base. I mean, the strip is. Up. Yeah, the strip is like when you have you been to Vegas before? Yes, I have. Yeah, so when you fly in, you see all like those houses with the red roofs and everything and whatnot. Uh, I, I think that it's going to be a major destination game, um, even more than L.A., because uh, who's not going to want to be able to just bet on the Raiders from their seats? <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> like and they're probably going to be doing that at the Jets and Giants game soon with legal, uh, legalized gambling in New yeah. Jersey. Um, but I mean, man, that's that stadium. Every hey, every we'll Vegas we'll home game. The, we'll have a lot of young players to watch with all these draft picks the Raiders are accruing. Oh, we'll get into that later. Trust me. Um, <laughs> every Vegas home game, every Vegas Raiders home game is going to have nine to ten bachelor parties in pre- oh, present. Yeah. Like, hey, let's go to the Raiders game in. Let's go to the Eagles game in Vegas for your for your bachelor party. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, oh as far as the Vikings go, I think. Yeah, it's like those. It's four, four or five teams. Um, yep. I would consider putting the um, Packers like neck and neck. I'm still not sure if they're better than the Packers. I'd like to see when they oh, play they each def- other. They, they most definitely are. Well, um, this transitions Vikings- perfectly into my next question: is the quarterback makes a huge difference? I was intrigued by the Kirk Cousins revenge game or take that game. I guess with Kirk Cousins, it's technically the you like that game. Uh, in beating the team that he turned down, like he never played for the Jets, so why are we talking about this being a revenge game? Uh, 
I don't know. You brought it up. <laughs> what um, what do you think of Kirk Cousins? Is he is he he's good? like a is he like a system quarterback surrounded by a lot of talent? Like we're no like no. how many quarterbacks are you taking over Kirk Cousins? Um, probably like ten to thirteen. So he's like top fifteen. Yeah, you know, I mean, he, he's a good quarterback. There are a lot of good quarterbacks in the NFL right now. There are. Yeah. Um, he he's a good quarterback. Uh, I don't know if he can win a Super Bowl. Maybe with the roster that he they have, he, that he he can lead them to one. Um, because he's, I mean, he, he he can make all the throws. Um, you know, it's just a matter of is this team going to be healthy or not? I think they're significantly better than the Packers. I think the Packers are awful other than Aaron Rodgers. That's had the quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Like Which, defense, like Clay big, big, looks, a big, a big quarterback discrepancy though. Like the quarterback is worth about yeah, eight wins himself. <laughs> it's huge. It's yeah, absolutely. But I mean, Clay Matthews looks awful. Yeah. So bad this year. Um, and I remember watching them in a primetime game and I was just, I couldn't believe what I was seeing from him because he's normally the guy with the highest motor on the field. Right. Uh, and the secondary, they're super, super young. Uh, they took two cornerbacks in the draft this year uh, with really high picks. I think they traded back into the first round to get one. Um, but it, it's just not a reliable defense at all right now. They have weapons on offense. I love Devontae Adams. I think when Randall Cobb back, gets back, he's a good slot guy. Um, I mean, but they're running with like Geronimo Allison at, 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 the, at the three spot, a wide receiver. And then you have like Aaron Jones and uh, – the Williams guy and Ty Montgomery as your running backs, <laughs> uh, I, their best offensive weapon. They, they've, they've two offensive weapons. It's Jimmy Graham, who's a shell of himself and Devonte Adams, you know, and that's it. That's their whole team. It's Aaron Rodgers, Devonte Adams and Jimmy Graham. And, and the, if you based on week one, obviously it's week one. So it's really tough to like base anything off that. But if you're going to base it off the one matchup that these two teams have had, whether they tied, right? Well, that was uh, week two, but yes, the early week two, yeah, week two, early, yeah, week season two. game, right? That was in Lambeau, and this was the second game that Kirk Cousins has ever played with Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs as his wide receivers. You know, I think that they're only going to get better, and when they play again, when it's in Minnesota, it's going to be a doozy. But then again, it's also Aaron Rodgers on turf. Exactly. I don't disagree with. I don't disagree with. Yeah. You. I do think the Vikings are better overall as a team. I just that quarterback and everything you just described about how limited their offensive weapons are is the narrative of the Rodgers career in Green oh, Bay. They just never surrounded him with with talent. You know. Let's not forget they have one of the worst coaches in in football in the whole in, league. And yeah, this this quarterback single handedly kept him employed this long. Um, Mike, Mike McCarthy is is. Bottom five coaches in the NFL. Are the Packers better than the Jets? Yeah, they have Aaron Rodgers. All um, right, that's okay. Plain and simple. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I think as a total, if you just take okay, take the quarterback out, like just take the whole quarterback position. I can't do that. That's a stupid game to play. The quarterback no, position is like the most yeah, important position. To yeah, play. exactly. It's 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 too important. Um. Anyway, the Jets are three and four. Uh, they're only a game out of a playoff spot. They're behind Cincinnati, Baltimore, Miami for a playoff spot, and then this four-way tie uh, at three and four with the Titans, Jaguars, and Broncos, and technically the Browns at two, four, and one. Um, I don't want to look at 
at the playoffs or at all. If they get to like five and five or six and six, then you have to because then they're still quote unquote in the mix. Yeah. But the Jets are are technically they're still rebuilding. So um, yeah, absolutely. Introducing a new segment, it's going to be Jesse's report card. Jesse, I'm just going to kind of say a part of the team and let you run with it. What is yeah. your grade for the offense on Sunday? Uh, I'm going to give the offense a D plus. Um, 17 points against this defense. It's okay. Solid. I'll take it. Um, but you can't let up 37 points. Um, so, I mean, offense was just not good enough to stay on to compete with the Vikings today. Um, not when the defense wasn't there and Darnold with four turnovers, you're automatically going to be below the C mark with four turnovers yeah. in the quarterback. And that's the biggest thing is that like the offense at any time it was good. You gave the Vikings four extra possessions. So. There were flashes. That's where the plus comes in whole first half. I mean, yeah, there were flashes. And, you know, I mean, I think that also you losing Blaw Powell, you know, that's a huge blow to this team. So, D-plus for the offense. All right, the defense, Jesse. Uh, I'm going to give the defense a little – cut them a little bit of slack here. Um, they were on the field a lot, and I think that they were – There was a, it was a, a B-minus, C-plus-ish. C um, just because of the first half, they played so great. Um, really, the first – it was really the first, like – Two and a half quarters, really. They, they, they really held their own three quarters, even. Um, I, I just think that, like I said, they were on the field way too much. Um, and when you, when you don't have Tremaine Johnson and Buster Screen and, and, and guys like that and Marcus May, uh, two of your best three corner defensive backs on your team, it's going to be tough to stop an offense with Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs, Latavius Murray, who I like, by the way. I like Latavius Murray. He was good in Oakland, and it was a, he's a great backup that they have that he's filling in great for Dalvin Cook. So I, I think that they did all they could, um, but it can't go higher than a C-plus, low B-minus. Uh, you know, just C-plus. Just C-plus. So the special teams. Uh, Andre Roberts had a up-and-down game, um, and then he did get a Jason Myers 50-plus yard field goal. What about the special teams, Jesse? I'll give it a, a B, um, just a regular old B. I think that we did we did get some good Rob, uh, excuse me, not Robbie Anderson, uh, <laughs> Andre Roberts. <laughs> Andre Roberts, uh, yes, yes. I was about to say Robbie Anderson, Andre Roberts. We got a bunch of uh, we got a few good runs back from him, but he also made some boneheaded plays for some reason, letting that punt bounce, uh, and they got down to like the one yard line or mm-hmm. whatever. That was bad. Um, I think he may have w- muffed one, but it's it's really hard to criticize anybody for muffing one in that wind. It was like 30-mile-an-hour wind swirling uh, in MetLife. Uh, and then obviously, like you mentioned, Jason Myers, uh, he hit, I think, yeah, one field goal for, what, 50-plus yards? So yeah, it was a 50-plus yard. He's becoming consistent, which he wasn't in Jacksonville, and uh, I am a Jason Myers fan now. Yes, this is a Jason Myers stand podcast now. Uh, yes, especially when you watch Dan Bailey miss a field goal in the, oh, in yeah. the first half. That uh, was the best part of the whole game. It that was legitimately validated the Jets on not going out to get him. You know, I get well, treated that I, you and Mike. You know, you know, I don't even did, I don't know if the Jets didn't try and go out and get him, but I think it's just funny that 
he made the choice to go because he like had every t- like a bunch of teams wanted him and he's like oh i'm dan bailey i'm the most accurate kicker of all time i'm gonna pick where i go uh meanwhile i mean he just hasn't been good the last year and a half <laughs> at all he's missed six field goals this year and he missed yeah. the first two weeks of the season like it's it's really that Not, simple. <laughs> you know? it's, it, whatever it was, you know, I mean, it's it's going around right now. Justin Tucker missing an extra point. I don't know what's going oh on God. with kickers in the NFL this season. It's but they're, like we give them too much power now. Oh, my gosh. To decide football games. They're eerily reminding me of college kickers, and that is a comparison you never, ever want in your life. Do you think it's because they moved the extra point back? Definitely has something to do with it. Yeah, I mean – if you just look at the numbers itself, there's been a significant increase in missed extra points over the last two, three seasons, right? Yeah. Um, I hate but, it. Yeah, yeah, I hate it. But kickers missing big field goals and big moments, I just feel like it's happened. Like uh, Blair Walsh against Seattle. Yeah. You know, uh, Justin Tucker missing that one the other night. You know, those are just two examples right there. Both big Michaels. time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Without uh, Ravens. Well, one's Ravens. Ravens. Both purple, whatever. Yeah, and then Dan Bailey, and then Dan Bailey missing field goals too. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's just a weird time for kickers, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but the Jets don't really have to worry about that right now because they got a guy who's just drilling them from fifty plus. Well, one thing on the special teams, especially the snap, kick, and hold unit, last one, uh, Spencer Long. I did not know your name before this Sunday, sir. And <laughs> oh, jeez. You're out with a undisclosed injury, but it's a lower leg injury. But two horrific snaps uh, on punts, that one of which I'm surprised didn't turn into a safety. Shout out to the Jets punter for getting one away uh, in his own end zone. But, I mean, dude, you have one job. (laughs) Snap the ball. Uh, Like, stop with these bad snaps. Uh, You have one job. Snap the ball to the punter. Yeah, you said it's the finger. Um, But I think that if you can't snap the ball, I don't care how good you are. And this is probably a Todd Bowles decision. He's probably saying, you know what? I mean, he's good enough in pass and run protection with the hurt finger mm-hmm. where we'll take the mistakes with the snaps. Those those faulty snaps have been really, really detrimental to the offense. Um, killing drives, too. Yeah, it sets up terrible field position. It's also bad for the defense if you're punting them away. To then, yeah. oh, we're also going to end up with a short field. Okay. Um, yeah, not, that, not great. That transitions perfectly. Last but not least, what's your grade for the coaching? Um, I, I it was like a C minus. It just not good. Like I was be I was thinking about it before when I saw it when we saw the rundown. I I, I can't give it like a regular C C minus maybe even D plus. I, I the time management is still an issue for Todd Bowles. Clock management. Uh, he just doesn't know how to use his timeouts ever. Um, I think that Jeremy Bates had a bad day, no creativity in, in the, in the passing game at all. Um, and then, I mean, Casey Rogers gets a pass cause <laughs> he's been sick. So yeah, we're going to lay off on Casey for now, but uh, I think that, uh, yeah, I, I think that it definitely, there's a lot to be desired. I went into the season thinking, all right, this is the time where Todd Bowles is going to take the next step and be a better coach. Uh, when it comes to time management, because I think that he's able to get these guys up for games. Um, I, I don't think that motivation or the coaching aspects, like in practice teaching, I don't think that's an issue. I think the players buy into what Todd Bowles is doing, but I think in-game management, uh, 
and specifically clock management is not Bulls' strong suit. Um, I, I remember reading a few weeks ago that the Rams have like a clock specialist, right? Like a wouldn't shock some, me that that team yeah. is impeccably coached, right? Like they have a guy who like is standing next to McVay, saying, "Hey, let's call a timeout right now. You got 50 seconds left." <laughs> like think like just making the because the coach a head coaches there's so much going through the head coach's mind sometimes it just slips your mind you know which it shouldn't you know the, the good coaches it doesn't but i mean hey sean McVay has enough self-awareness to do that todd bull should too i agree i agree i will say it's a little tough to judge him based on a week where his quarterback turned the ball over four times however you're right they he did nothing to limit the the blow like going for I'm, like they were playing a really good team is all I'm gonna yeah. say. Um, yeah, they played a they played a better team. They're just a much they're, they're a much better team. Uh, before we move on to the Bears, the trade deadline the is closely approaching. Jesse, um, yes, Amari Cooper's are getting first round picks while the Giants are also in full tank mode. Uh, is there any trade you'd like to see the Jets make before next? What it's next Wednesday, next Tuesday. Um, you know. I, I obviously like you, you as a, a any team would love to have like a Patrick Peterson, you know, some some guy like that that could improve the secondary. But they would, came out today that he met with owners and he's staying in Arizona. But another guy on Arizona, Chandler Jones, would be a great addition to the New York Jets. They need a pass rusher, mm. uh, and he is a beast. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but he led the NFL in sacks last year. I will look so, that up while you talk about it. Okay. Yeah, so I mean, he's just an excellent, excellent pass rusher. Uh, if you've heard of him, you've probably heard of him because he played on the Patriots and won a Super Bowl with them. Um, I think that a guy like that could be a game changer for this defense. This is the arguably the biggest hole that they have on the defense, um, other than defensive back right now with all the injuries. Uh, but I think that's one move that I would love the Jets to see uh, see make. Um, but other than that, I mean, like, obviously you'd want, like, a Le'Veon Bell. I don't know if the Jets will be – like, I don't – see, Amari Cooper and the Dallas Cowboys really effed up the whole trade market mm-hmm. with this goddamn first-round pick that he's just not worth. And now everybody's going to be like, well, Amari Cooper was worth the first-round <laughs> pick, so Le'Veon Bell's better than him. He must be worth the second, uh, first round. No, all right? The guys, no, the guys I agree. Are, 100%. The guy ain't played all year. All right, uh, no running back should be traded. Doesn't care how good he is. You don't. You shouldn't draft a running back in the first round ever. Yeah. Okay, no. Ethan. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> and I am the biggest Saquon Barkley fan on the planet. On the planet, indeed. And uh, I yeah. would. If you're unless you're like the Patriots and you're like you had a down year and you'd be drafting like 16 and Saquon falls to you, then I would draft a running back. But anything in the top 15, I am staying all the way. Miss well, me with the running backs. Miss me with the running backs in the top 15. I will say this: like Saquon, Saquon's really good. Like if you're if you're a player away and Saquon I mean, Barkley, like, right? No, I don't have to tell you that. I, I'm just I, saying. I've known since I've known since uh, November of 2015, when he played Rutgers and went for 200 yards on 20 carries. I'm just saying, I'm not as opposed to the running back in the first round policy, or I guess top 15, or in this case top five policy. 
if it's someone that good, as long as you're not a glaringly flawed team like the Giants were, you know? Yes. Like that That's where my my disagreement with them, needing a quarterback, they do five, leg- not necessarily legendary, but in a legendarily deep draft for quarterbacks. When you have the second overall pick and two quarterbacks that are going to be battling it out for the next decade go one and three and you're stuck taking the running back. Now they better hope Justin Herbert, because that's what they're now doing with this trade deadline is we need to make sure we get the one pick this time. So we'd know next season, uh, this is our draft and we get to decide the quarterback. Like Justin Herbert, although he might not even come out, (laughs) uh, like next year, the giants better get their quarterback for the future. Um, but we'll see. So look, yeah, and and that's the thing with draft. Like that's why draft picks are so valuable. You know, I think that people undervalue them, and they're like, "Oh, then, any everybody could." No, the best teams they draft well. Right. The Patriots every single year they take someone. Um, like they 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 make nothing out of they water out of line. Right. Well, or what's you know the, they have what, the Patriots the have the number one pass rush defense in the league right now. Can you name someone on the defensive line? Um, um, exactly. I, I, normally, I, I, I but that's my point. Like, they make no, they really, have like no. one of the best defenses as far as pass rush is concerned in football. And I can't name a single defensive lineman for their team. Uh, the Saints remember the Saints last year? They yeah. draft Marshawn Lattimore and Alvin Kamara in like the, the, the first and fourth rounds, right? Like, come on, teams do like use your draft picks, you get you get to pick eight. Nine new players every single year that can benefit your team. Well, then and this 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 Cooper trade really screwed up the whole market because I don't think he was worth the first round pick, and now everything's going to be overpriced. Well, then the other side of this, then as far as maybe not the Jets trading a pick for somebody, because uh, yes, Chandler Jones did lead the NFL in sacks last year with seventeen. How about the flip side? Is there anybody the Jets you would like to see them trade? before the deadline to maybe accrue a couple of picks. Like basically should the Jets maybe, also maybe 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 Morris Claiborne. Like like I, mean, I think he's on a one year deal, so like that could that could work, but I mean I don't really want to move anybody on the offense because you want to help develop Darnold with this whatever talent you got there. Right. And and on the defense it's a young unit and there's a lot of like maybe uh, no, like no. I I think the only guy I could think of would be like Morris Claiborne, and you you put Perry Nickerson on like the outside and just run him with Tremaine Johnson. Like that's what that's that that that's where this team is at right now. Where I don't think you 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 trade anybody away and acquire draft picks just because you're not you're not in tank mode right now. Right. You know you're you're you got your quarterback. Now it's about building the roster. You know, and and you have a bunch of pieces there already, and the pieces that aren't going to be there long term, I don't think they have really much trade value. I'm going to throw one at you, and I okay. I don't know what his value would be at this point. But Josh McCown, you can't tell me that the Jaguars wouldn't love a quarterback nope. that doesn't turn the ball over like that. Nope. Nope, 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 not training Josh McCown. Absolutely because So he could be a $10 million backup QB. Basically a QB. That is is dad. And we don't, we don't, 
We don't send dad away, okay? Even dad though he'd stays. be able to work. Like, we go give dad a job. No, no, no. I don't okay. want dad working. I want I want a stay-at-home dad who, <laughs> takes, who takes care of, of the kids. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, okay. I would entertain it if the Jaguars are willing to... Because this is the Jaguars' window, especially with this quarterback. This is their window. And not for nothing... They they would love to have a Teddy Bridgewater on their team right now. So oh, in yeah. hindsight, maybe you could have gotten a first for Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> hindsight is always twenty twenty. Um, right. But yeah. I would just wow. say that you do have this capable backup quarterback, and if by next Tuesday or Wednesday, whatever the trade deadline is, if somebody's willing to throw you a first round pick or even a second round pick for Josh McCown, then for your backup quarterbacks, you got a two and a three going into next year's draft. I would entertain I got, the idea. I got one for you. Sure, what's up? If you could go back and decide, maybe with the with the knowledge of how things are going to play out, would you trade Teddy Bridgewater when we did, or would you save him and try and trade him with the deadline when the value be more, higher and and whatnot? Yeah, obviously, knowing what I know now, that Amari Cooper is worth the first round pick and. Blake Bortles is going to get benched, and the injuries are going to happen. Um, I still think getting a three for a backup quarterback is a pretty good value. Yeah. So I don't – I think still today what you're looking at is a two or a three for Teddy Bridgewater. Like, Depends. I mean, with, like there, there could be a desperate – like would, what, would the 49ers have given up a, like a second no, – two like multi, multiple picks, like a, like a two think, and a four? I, I, ne- I never thought the Niners – because when Jimmy went down, it was clear that's the Rams' division. The, the Niners are a year away. They're still looking to use their draft picks, and now they're in tank mode where regardless of where they draft next year, they have Garoppolo, they have their guy, and then next year they can build around him with whoever they get in a high draft. Yeah. You know? I'm just playing devil's advocate. I would have traded him at the time as well, just because if you kept Teddy Bridgewater, there have been games where people would have been calling for Sam to be benched. You're like, see, we should have started Teddy. Teddy's good, right? Like, people would have been (laughs) clamoring for Teddy after – a three inter- like this three interception game, you know, this four turnover game. They'd be like, "This is why we need a bench. We need him to wait a year." You know, we have Teddy Bridgewater and Josh McCown. We're keeping three quarterbacks on the roster. You know, I want. I think that it was the right move to trade him at the that when they did and got good value for him in a third round pick. And I think that Sam Darnold four turnovers at home against the Vikings is valuable, valuable learning experience that he's not going to get by sitting on the bench. Yeah, the Browns game specifically would have caused the uproar for Teddy Bridgewater because yeah. it was still early in the year. Uh, I think Jet fans yeah. are, are smart enough this year, at least, to know like the record really doesn't matter. We have a rookie quarterback. I don't. You'd be surprised on Twitter. People were really split on whether or not they wanted Teddy to start. Well, no, or no, no. As far as before start. the season is concerned, I think once they committed to Darnold, though, it became yeah, people people got on board yeah right that's what i mean so as far as even if you kept teddy bridgewater i guess that debate would still be going on i yeah i still think you at best get a 3 the one team that i think could get desperate about it which i guess we'll see cuz the saints still have them and can make a trade is the jaguars like this is their window they they made it to the afc championship game last year it's a winnable division they still have an, an elite defense and their quarterback can't get out of his way. Um, 
that, that defense has gotten smoked back to back weeks. Yeah, because the quarterback keeps giving the other team the ball. That's why. <laughs> um, all right, let's talk about the Bears. The Bears. The Bears. And it's it's mandatory when you talk about the Chicago football team to say that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they are 3-3. Three and three. They have three losses this year, uh, one of which was the opening Sunday night football game against the Packers where they blew a 20, 20 to nothing. Yeah, 20 nothing lead. Oh, that and, was glorious, wasn't it? And had a a game-ending interception in one of their guys' hands that was dropped. And then the next play, Aaron Rodgers. Kyle uh, Fuller. Kyle Fuller dropped. And then Aaron Rodgers threw a touchdown the very next play for, I think, 70-something yards. Um, yeah, Randall Cobb did most of the work. But still, the, yeah. my point is, <laughs> they were an interception in that game. A field goal in overtime against Miami, which... Counterpoint, they were also a Kenyon Drake fumble fumble -fumble. at the half-inch yard line uh, away from losing on that play. But they're a field goal there. And then a Hail Mary getting into the end zone from at least overtime and being 6-0. Like, that's how close the Bears are to being 6-0. And I think that's what the Bears are. They're close. Um, I think that Trubitsky has looked miles better than he did last year. Uh, the white Mike Vick, they're calling him on the inner, on the interweb because uh, of, <laughs> because of that, because of that scramble white, he had for the touchdown, the white um, right handed Mike Vick. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, he's been really impressive pocket awareness wise, um, escaping pressure and whatnot. And he's been able to make some solid throws. I don't think he has the greatest arm, but I think he's uh, learning a fast um, and then obviously they have they've added some weapons on offense and Allen Robinson and Trey Burton who have been really good for them and Kevin White almost tied the game up against the Patriots on a hail mary so maybe that pick will pan out soon <laughs> uh, and then Tariq Cohen has been awesome and Jordan Howard hasn't been so um, if there's one thing to criticize the offense for for that team it's it's Jordan Howard's lack of of anything getting anything going uh, but the the as much as good as the offense has been, because they have been good recently, uh, three games in a row, uh, the defense is the strength of this team. Um, even though they didn't play like it last week, uh, letting up what thirty-eight points to the Patriots. Yeah, albeit I think that was on the road. But say, even also, so, two two special teams touchdowns too. So I can't even necessarily blame the defense for all that. Although they were at home for the Patriots, they were at home. They yeah, were at home. Yeah, that was at that was but in it, Chicago. And that's not that's even worse then. Um, I think that this is the strength of the team. Cleo Max a little banged up. Um, Kyle Fuller drops interceptions. Uh, Adrian Amos, Penn State. They got two <laughs> Penn State guys, Allen Robinson and Adrian Amos. Adrian Amos is one of the better safeties in the league that you haven't heard of. It's kind of like Harrison Smith. Um, very physical guy. Uh, good in coverage, and he's also good in run stuffing. So um, I, I think this is going to be a, a – just as difficult of a challenge for Sam Darnold as it was last week. Probably even more difficult because it's on the road. Soldier Field, it's going to be cold. It's not what he's used to. Um, I, I think that it's going to be a massive challenge, and they're going to need Isaiah Carell to really step up and, and provide some balance for the offense after the uh, Powell injury. Yeah, the the Bears have a, a very bend-but-don't-break type of defense. Yeah. They, they're very good at getting turnovers. Uh, they're 23, 23rd in the NFL in total yards. Uh, which is bad, but they're only seventh in points allowed. So they'll let you get down the field, but when you get down in the field, they have a very good red zone defense. Uh, they also lead the NFL in 
interceptions and pick sixes, uh, and they're second in forced fumbles. So this is not the game you want uh, to be facing. Uh, this is not the game you want your quarterback to have after he just turned the ball over four times. Um, or it is. Who knows? This is the, the 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 tester. Can I now go up against the very good defense and yeah. not turn the ball over four times? And you know what? That that twenty three that that twenty third ranking. I mean, against the Patriots, um, that's I mean, it's Tom Brady. Yeah, uh, and he has the everybody on offense clicking, like cooking right now, clicking. Uh, you got. I don't think Gronk played. Um, but the, but you get Edelman back, Josh Gordon, you know, the, James White has been awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sonny, Sonny Michelle, even though he just got nicked up a little bit, uh, he's been fantastic. So I'll, I'll give him a pass there. The Dolphins, uh, that game was bananas. They should have won that game 31 nothing to be honest. But the Dolphins had like four or five ridiculously explosive plays throughout the game um, that kept them in it. Because, I mean, Brock Osweiler had no business winning that game. There's a very weird stat that um, Brock Osweiler in his first career start in both conferences uh, has beaten the Bears in yep. each game. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> what, the other, the bigger stat is that Brock Osweiler has 11 career wins, three, and oh, three of them are against the Bears. Yeah. <laughs> it's the weirdest career I think I've ever yeah. seen. Um, it's, it's just, it just makes no sense. Um, and Bears fans, I mean, that sucks that Brock, the Brockett ship has your number. But uh, I think that <laughs> I can't even believe that. that That's crazy that it, they lost to the Dolphins. It's one of those, um, yeah. Sports happened. Just, just yeah. sports, specifically football. You because know, because if you look at the rest of the games, they let up ten points, 14, 17, 23. and it was that's and that's an ascending order. So the first game of the season, they let up twenty three, then seventeen, then fourteen, then ten, and then the past two weeks, they've gotten blown out. And that's not who this defense is. The past two weeks, they they should have smoked the Dolphins, and then the Patriots. You get a pass because that's the greatest quarterback ever. That that tore you apart. So. And then the actual best quarterback ever beat them week one. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like that's their thing. They, I this, I know I tried to spin zone it last week as I said earlier that they could beat the the Vikings at home. Hey, I said we're we're staring three and five in the face, man. They, they I'm very much less optimistic about this Bears game, especially after you lose Powell. How banged up this team is. Rashard Matthews. I'm not gonna add Yuck. too much stock to adding him i this is a very i haven't felt this way about a game going into it since jacksonville and jacksonville has a, a worse quarterback um much 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 worse uh i i hate to say it but i jesse's right they're they're staring three and five in the face the bears are also staring five and three in the face like again their three losses are just to three elite quarterbacks tom brady aaron Rodgers, and brock osweiler Yes, said it. Uh, I keep the game low scoring, and maybe you got a shot. But especially the way the Jets win this game is football happens, right? Yep, that's the only way. Like, I mean, like Sam, the absurdity Sam has, of football. Sam has to be. We we need see like the the game against uh, the Dolphins for the Bears. That gives me a little hope because you have a, guy, a game breaker like Robbie Anderson that can get behind the defense. Um, so maybe if they get a big day from Darnold, the deep ball, and to Robbie Anderson, um, and then Crowell has a good day on the ground. But I mean, that's a that's a really really good front seven that 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 the Bears have. Um, Danny Trevathan, uh, Leonard Floyd, Khalil Mack. I mean, it's just you, you go through every single player, um, and they're either. 
all pro or just a very, very solid player. Um, so I think that in order for the Jets to win, it's going to have to be one of those days. Yeah, it's not that to be like that's that's football, Susan. Yeah. <laughs> well done. Well done. Um, I think that's it. I think that'll do it for this episode of the Jet Stream. Um, follow Jesse on twin- Twitter at jfinvernews12 for... Nope, it's jfinversports12 now. jfinversports12 uh, for all your Mississippi and Jets updates, uh, especially yeah. on Sundays for live videos and interactions throughout the game. Um, Jesse, enjoy the game this week, buddy. Uh, plenty of other stuff going on on the channel as well. Uh, the Giants' fire sale is in full effect, so you get to hear Ethan and Weiss kind of rant about it. And because I, I was editing it this morning, completely school everybody in their way about why it's smart to go for two when you're down eight. Uh, I've come around on it. I think anytime you apply in a math or analytics game, the problem I've always had is it never looks at the situation. When applying it, it's a flat. You do this every time, or you're intellectually incorrect, like baseball. What was their What was their reasoning? Just that it always gives you a better chance to win. Like you're trying to win the game, and if you convert it there, you're down six with a minute left. And if you get a stop, you just need to come down and score a touchdown and kick an extra point. If you miss it, it's the same thing. You come down and you have to get two points. Like it's a gamble, but you're one in five. Why not make that gamble? Like, I do get I, yeah. it. I just also, the Giants are inept on offense all season. I do not need to play a math game in order to try and score points, but I can barely get Eli Manning in the end zone as is. Like, there's no guarantee. I think the probability is actually lower when than 50-50 when you have Eli Manning as your quarterback right now. Am I the only Jets fan at Gotham that's thoroughly enjoying the misery of Giants fans, or am I alone uh, with that? <laughs> I'm not as scorned by Giants fans as you are. Like I thoroughly enjoyed the the Yankees' demise in the playoffs. I think yes. every Mets fan did. The Giants, they beat the Patriots for me twice in the Super Bowl. Without them, Tom Brady would have seven rings, and then Patriot fans would be worse than Yankee fans because they have the greatest quarterback ever with seven championships. Like it does make things a little more annoying when trying to put Eli Manning's career in context. But at the same time, they beat the Patriots twice. I can't, they're my heroes. You know, they're that, they're that stepbrother that we share a room together that they beat up the bully for us twice. And then you say, did we just become best friends? Yes. And they're like, I guess so, yeah. I guess. And then <laughs> they try to have a conversation with you about the quarterback. And it's like, nope, he's all a famer. He's got your ring. Shut up. It's like, well, yeah. <laughs> if you look at his – nope, he's a quarterback. Well, he's led the league in intercept- – oh, shut up. Two rings. Shut up. Uh, so, yeah, go listen to Ethan and Weiss on NYG Weekly. Uh, this brand-new Nothing But Knicks. Me and Jeremy dove into the Knicks' uh, first four games of the season. Now five games by the time you listen to this. Um, there's a very good episode of PT Isles where they remember the life and legacy of Charles Wong and put it into perspective and a brand new episode of the Garden Faithful podcast with a very hot interview. I'm actually going to keep it under wraps and say, go check it out. Woj and Fitz, uh, on a new episode of the Rangers pod, the Garden Faithful podcast. Uh, that's enough run though. Uh, our picks, I guess, will also be up on Gotham Gambles. Uh, th- it's Thursday, so you'll get it this afternoon or evening. Um, 
our picks against the spread. I hate gambling, especially making picks. As far as gambling goes, I have lost by half a point more times than I've ever lost in my life this in year. This, so, in this year, yeah. So fade me immensely follow, this season. And, and, and I would follow me. I'm 39 and 36 on the year. Yeah, and I'm 9 you having a good year. Yes. And I'm the only one above 500. And uh, I am also. Okay, well, I'm the highest above 500. Yes, there you go. And I am 9 and 6 in my best bets. 9 and 3 in my best bets. I am so, 2 and 13 in my best no, bets. No, I'm, 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 I'm 9 and 6 because that math wouldn't make sense otherwise. So, yeah, I'm 9 and 6 in my in my best bets. Yeah, I, I hate gambling and I hate making these picks each week because they're just they're so random. Football's all random. The the Jets absolutely could win this week. Why? Because football. Because football. Yeah. <laughs> uh, until next time, enjoy the weekend, everybody. Enjoy the football. Jesse, J-E-T-S. Jets, 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 baby.